Welcome to Raised on D&D podcast. Each month, Raised on D&D brings you inspirational interviews with tips and strategies to enrich your family's gaming experience. Your host for Raised on D&D has been a game master for 30 years and father to three gamers. Here is Nick Cardarelli. Welcome back, gamers. I'm your host, Nick Cardarelli, and this is Raised on D&D. My next guests are both game masters for Table Tale Games. She was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, but has recently relocated to Madison, Wisconsin. He's from South Texas, now living in the Midwest. She's a professional teaching artist. He's a professional actor, director, and playwright. She's leading the Young Heroes Guild, and he's the artistic director of Table Tale Games. She's aspiring to write original adventures for young players, and he's spreading the word on Table Tale Games' new youth adventures. Please welcome Emily Wills and Alejandro Tay. Hi, guys. Hi, Nick. Whoa. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, so happy to be here. Well, thanks for being on the show. Guys, I'm so excited about Tabletail Games and all the things that they offer. And we're going to talk about that more later in the show. But before we get started, we want to get to know you guys as gamers. So how did you get started with tabletop role-playing games? Do you remember your first experience with D&D? Who, who would like to start? Oh, I'm getting some eyebrows from Tay. I'll hop in. Um, My background in RPGs really started with theater. I had some friends at a theater that I was working at, and I... One of them mentioned that he was a DM and A, I admired him so much as a theater professional and a human being. And I wanted an excuse kind of just to get to know him better. (laughs) So I roped him into being a GM for me and a couple other teaching artists, actually, and my husband. Uh, And so we started playing um, just D&D 5e. That was my introduction. I didn't come from this background of, you know, previous generations of D&D. And we started playing. We did what was going to be just a one shot that turned into three weeks that turned into an ongoing campaign we've been playing for the last four years. Oh, that's Um, fantastic. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So it kind of we we had a taste and never looked back. And Emily, do you mind sharing with us? It's your first taste of D&D four years ago. You start what you don't realize is going to turn into a four year campaign. So what uh, character and uh, class and race did you go with? Oh, Nick, that's such a dangerous question. You ask any player about their character and they will talk for hours. Uh, Her name is Mayer and she is a wood elf druid. I knew I wanted to be something that had connection to nature. And I loved the idea of being able to transform into animals and take shape. Um, Growing up every birthday, I would wish I could fly. I love Peter Pan. I love the idea of taking to the skies and soaring. Uh, For our first Valentine's Day, my husband got me a flying lesson in an airplane. It's just this obsession. And so (laughs) uh, I just knew that uh, being a druid was something that I was really drawn to. And our DM was great. I think with new players, especially looking at all the different characters you can play and knowing, you know, you're going to start small and being able to grow, having a DM who's able to sort of help guide based on what you're excited to like explore narratively and story-wise. And so 
Yeah, Mayor's a, a what elf druid. She's almost level 15 now. Ooh. And um, she, we just completed an arc in the campaign. She made a pact with a devil and her soul was taken away. And so we just did a whole Avernus campaign to retrieve it um, and murder the devil and get the soul back. And so <laughs> that's where we're at. She came from a very dark place recently. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And you're absolutely right. The dungeon master really sets the theme. And when it comes to new players, finding out what they're excited about in uh, and helping them find that in their character is really great. And that's fantastic. Now, Tay, uh, tell us how, how was, how was your first D and D experience? Your, how did you get introduced into tabletop role playing? Well, those are two very, very different questions uh, for me because I actually, D&D was sort of the the last stop on, or, or the latest stop on my sort of RPG journey. I started, like Emily, I came to it through theater. So my first RPG experience 10 years ago was with Fiasco, um, wow. which is that Jason Morningstar game that that truly at its heart really is just a improv structure, really. Um, and I loved it. I mean, uh, why, how could I not? That's, that's uh, an actor and improviser's dream right there is just to get to play, you know, play around with your friends and get to put on masks of, of of very, very bad people who have horrible uh, impulse control. Um, and it, it sort of grew from there. Um, our, our GM um, had very eclectic tastes and so would, and, and also um, I wouldn't say a short attention span, but I would say maybe that she um could not could not stick with one system for very long she would we would get invested in a campaign and she would be like okay well fine but let's let's wipe the slate clean uh and try something new so in a short span of time we played we played fiasco we played stars without number we played apocalypse world we played dread and 10 candles and a bunch of other different things whatever basically whatever was tickling her fancy that that you know month or whatever uh we would play and I actually kind of resisted D&D for a bit. And I think I resisted it because I knew in my heart, I was like, this is, this is a rabbit hole that if I jump into, I'm just never coming out. I'm just, I, I will be lost forever. And lo and behold, it was absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing that, that got me to play my very first um, D&D game was I was working on a play uh, called The Isle of Sugar that I uh, that I was crafting and I say crafting not writing because it's a tabletop RPG slash theater hybrid experience where wow. I was creating and crafting new mechanics and trying to write a new audience contract for audience members who don't play RPGs to come into the theater and have an RPG like experience. Uh, and so wow. as part of the two year process of creating that show, I was like, well, I, I, I kind of have to play D and D now. Uh, I got to do my research. I just, you know, that's um, right. That's right. And, <laughs> and I was absolute. My suspicions were correct. It was incredible. And I, and I, yeah, never looked back. <laughs> that, that is fantastic. And I, I, I actually come from a, a, a slightly 
a similar journey in the fact that I didn't start with Dungeons and Dragons. We had one session, second edition, 12 years old. My older brother's best friend ran the game for us, but we were already playing with Pladium Books' Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We were playing in Middle Earth Role-Playing, which was the old Lord of the Rings RPG. So those kind of things. So we were experimenting with those, but I come from a time of the satanic panic and I'm deep in the South. So when people came up to you and said with a condescending voice, are you playing dungeons and dragons? <laughs> you, you would say, Oh no, this is palladium. And it's completely different. <laughs> for, the, for those of you who don't know, it's not completely different at all. And uh, so, but it, it kept us out of a lot of confrontations in those middle school years. So it gets you around the table. That's right. Lots of amazing games. And I personally think that it makes you a better dungeon master when you have those experiences um, because all tabletop role-playing games and their mechanics have something that you can draw from as a dungeon master that helps you in those little sticky situations where can I do this? Can I, can't I do this? How do I manage the table? How do I manage these players to get them going? Well, I remember from Dread or I remember from another game uh, that we used to do this and it worked. Yes, um, so I mean, we, that it, happens, helps. it happens for us all the time. Uh, uh, you know, we'll we'll crib a mechanic from a system we like at Table Tale and our players go, you're, you're geniuses. How could you, what? The, the narrative possibilities are incredible. It's like, yeah, because there are really smart people out there making games and doing really, really cool work and we get to play it. That is fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm also going to ask you this question. Uh, let, let me swing back over here to you, Emily. Um, how did you go from playing to getting behind the screen? How did that transition happen for you? Ooh, good question. Well, I was working for a theater company that did uh, focused on getting youth on stage and sort of giving them a professional theater experience, making high quality stories um, and performing them for audiences of all ages and just really giving kids this experience of they are the storytellers. They have impactful, important stories to tell. And I, coming from an educational teaching background, it sort of felt natural to want to learn to be a dungeon master and help to guide stories for adults. But I was really excited at the prospect and the idea of guiding stories and helping kids, especially coming from a theater background and a narrative story character driven background of how do we develop these heroic tales and empower young people. And it sort of felt like I had had a couple years of, of role playing under my belt at that point, and I felt like I had been able to learn so much about my friends and sort of see these strengths and weaknesses come out in them and also learn maybe not learn a lot about myself, but sort of build this confidence in myself to take risks or be bold, make choices, try new things. I just think that there are so many 
things that can be drawn from from role playing that I I wanted to have the experience of being a DM and just understand the 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 playing of the game. Um, but it was sort of all building up to to piloting a Dungeons and Drama class, uh, which was focused on sort of getting kids playing and really engaging with this dramatic tools of building a character, using your imagination to craft the world around you, like just deciding what that character would do um, within a given framework or like through the story. So kind of long-winded, but the end goal was to be able to pass on this joy of role-playing. And I sort of felt like the best way to empower myself to do that was to DM. That's fantastic. How, what was it like though, when you first sat down behind the, the screen and you've got these five, six, eight little faces looking at you and you're like, oh my gosh, here we go. Uh, oh, terrifying. <laughs> so scary. Like, I mean, what if I mess up the rules? What if I forget something? What if I don't tell them something? And then later I'm like, oh, I forgot to tell you this. Like so many things that come to mind where you're like, oh my gosh, what if they don't have fun? Right? Like that's the biggest thing is like, what if they're bored? What if they don't like this? Like, what if I don't engage them? Them. like such butterflies I mean stage fright right like yeah. such butterflies of like what if really I think it comes down to what if they don't have fun you know like mm -hmm. what if this isn't something that they enjoy or love um there I, I didn't need to be concerned they were like we had I had them for 10 weeks and they were like when do we play again when do we do this again like why are we ending this now do I get to play this character more like what's next like it was just like this like overflowing bubbling of like yeah 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 like hungry for it so and yeah it was it was fantastic but total utter stage fright to start off <laughs> awesome awesome and and tay what was it like getting behind the screen for the first time i had a very unique ex well you know what now now that i think about it this is probably maybe not a unique experience um i so like i said i started dnd &D as research for this show uh, that I was working on. And the show, it, it's called The Isle of Sugar, and it was like about my family uh, and their experiences with the Cuban Revolution. My grandparents specifically uh, sort of fled Castro's regime. And so naturally, I'm going to start trying this role-playing game with my family. So I'm I'm sitting down. I, I like went to my local game store. I bought the starter kit uh, with my with my little brother, and we cracked it open. Uh, I spent a night just going through it, and then I sat down with my little brother, with my dad, and with my grandfather, and we played through. Um, I I think we ended up doing a sort. I I immediately sort of like threw out the starter adventure. Although I would come back to it, I love that starter adventure. But we did like a coliseum. Thing. They were they were like gladiators in a coliseum. And I remember my grandfather, for some reason, I'm not sure he quite understood what was going on, but desperately wanted to be a gnome barbarian. And just like was like, I am going to be this tiny little guy who's going to bring everyone down. It was amazing. And and something that was incredible about that was. Um, I found out in that moment that my dad used to play D&D. Um, wow. I, I had never known. He had never talked about it. I think for him, um, it wasn't even something that that was, uh, you know, a source of shame or people calling him a geek or anything like that. I think it 
it just like never quite caught on. So it was like, oh yeah, that that's a game that we played back in the day. Like when I was a kid, we we played that game. Oh, cool. So this is like the new version of that game I used to play. And I was like, how, how did I not, how have we not talked about this? Um, so it was a really, really cool bonding moment for all of us. And I still play to this day with my, with my brother, especially. And now I've, I like have played games with my dad. I can't quite get my grandfather back into it um but when i remind him of those memories he goes yeah yeah just like nodding at the moment he like dragged a wolf to the ground in the dirt of the coliseum <laughs> that is phenomenal that is just incredible and you know one of the things that we really like to talk about on the show is how like you mentioned the bonding moment uh, we all have experienced as, as gamers, whether it was 12 year olds in middle school, a bunch of theater geeks at college, right? We've all experienced it where we suddenly go from uh, acquaintances. We go from the people that we see every day to suddenly there's this magical thing that happens around the table and now we're all best friends. Um, and, and not just that you come to a point where you don't see people for years and years. And the first time you bump into them in that airport bar and you say, Hey man, it goes very quickly from where are you going? What's going on with you? What are you up to? Do you remember that time in the Coliseum <laughs> when you dragged that wolf into the sand and the crowd went wild? And we don't talk about D&D in third person. We don't talk about when your character <laughs> did this, when my character did that. We don't talk about that. We say, remember when you saved my life? Remember when you killed that troll? Those are how we talk to each other as gamers. And those bonds, uh, they last. And when you share those bonds with family, that's a whole new level. And, that, and that's one of the things we love to talk about. So thank you, Tay. Thank you for sharing that story with us. That's fantastic. You guys have amazing stories uh, of how you fell in love with tabletop role-playing games. But moving forward, you've done something very unique with your love for tabletop role-playing games. And I, 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 and I want to hear all about it. Tay, will you take us through what Table Tale Games is, for those who don't know, and how the whole ball got rolling? Absolutely. Uh, Table Tale Games is uh, a place for adventures. It is a place where you can drop in to a game or hire a game master and Every one of our GMs is uh, is a professional actor, improviser, writer, author, storyteller. Um, so that really kind of is what we're focused on: is is the narrative, is the story, is the character, is the adventures we can we can make together. Um, and how it all got started, honestly, was bringing it back to to the Isle of Sugar uh, show that I was creating. So we jump cut, right, to um, the show is is uh, in workshop mode uh, in Chicago. And we just got extended. Um, wow. Everything, everything is going our way. We're filling we're filling houses. We're ready to take this to the next level. And we're hearing something about like this coronavirus thing. I don't know. That's happening somewhere else. That's yep. not going to bother 
bother us. Um, and within a few days, we were completely shut down. Um, and not only was that show shut down, but all of my work as an actor and as a director was entirely shut down and looked like it would be for quite some time. Um, all of my work as a teacher, as an educator, I actually I actually work with the same uh, company that Emily was just describing. Uh, and I lead D&D adventures with that with that group. Um, all of that was shut down. Wow. And so at that time, we thought that it was going to be um, <laughs> just a quick two week quarantine and we'll be all through this. Great. So looking at that and realizing that I, I just, you know, lost my entire livelihood um, for, for those two weeks and, and probably longer, we're not sure what's going to happen. Um, I hopped online. I had already been leading games uh, on Roll20, uh, on Discord, on like different different places uh, with strangers. I led like a full Curse of Strahd campaign with folks from across the country that had never met until they answered my ad on Roll20. So that had already, so I had that experience and I thought, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to say, hey, you know, this horrible thing just happened. We're all dealing with it. And as, and as a theater maker, here's something I can offer. Come play a game with me and maybe toss a few coins to your Witcher. Help, help, uh, help a, a, a lonely theater artist out. Um, and it just so happened that so many people so desperately needed that connection in that moment um, that it took off. Um, it really, really took off. Um, and we had so many people trying to get into those games. And um, my friend from my, from my home campaign that was put on hiatus because of the pandemic, uh, Zach Berenstein called me up and said, I, it's so incredible that you're doing this right now. I have had this dream of a company that would that would do this that would provide this service for folks who can't find a game master or uh, can't coordinate schedules or 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 right like once you get around the table it's incredible but actually getting there right like that's the that's the ongoing joke is the hardest challenge in D&D is actually coordinating people's schedules <laughs> that's that's way harder than any dragon you're going to face um, and so and so we worked together and Tabletale Games was born and since then we've grown to we we have eight game masters now a year later we've gone on i think something like 400 adventures over the course of a year and change um and now we're uh opening that up to young adventures as well that is fantastic tay thank you so much uh that is a great overview and you're so right not only does every gamer have the same frustration of not being able to find a, a table that can meet their schedules, especially with what's happened in the last year and a half, where uh, some of us are working from home, some of us are working uh, two, three jobs. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's been an upheaval for everyone. 
oh, I'm a, I'm a game master on roll 20. I've been a game master on roll 20 now since 2013. Ooh, I know a long, long time, right? Like the beta version. I don't know. Um, pre five E <clears throat> yes. Yes. And so, uh, and w- one of the things that is very difficult, cause you were mentioning you have professional artists and narrators and, uh, as dungeon masters, uh, my brother shared a story with me recently about joining a Roll20 game. He found out very quickly that not all dungeon masters are made equal. <laughs> so, uh, and when you when you shoot randomly into the dark for a dungeon master, you never know what you're going to get out of that box of chocolates, right? So, Emily, did you feel like you had a similar experience last year with the shutting down of uh, education and theater and things like that? Yeah, I think similar. I mean, similar to everyone in every realm of the world, the shutdown impacted our lives differently. For theater artists and performers, of course, that's a livelihood and a sense of community and connection. And what I was seeing sort of from the education world was this sudden vacuum of social, emotional support for kids. And especially in the elementary, middle school, high school age ranges, that's when you're developing who you are as a person. That's when you're developing your confidence. That's when you're building these relationships and you know, parents are important and valuable at all times in a child's life, of course, but especially in middle school and high school, you're starting to stretch those boundaries. You know, you're starting to leave the nest, start to test your wings, starting to fly. And when all of a sudden your ability to leave the house and explore other interests and is shut down. I mean, I was hearing from friends and family with kiddos of school age that they were spending hours a day with cameras off in a dark room, headphones on. And that is such an impossible way to learn and build community and feel like you belong somewhere. And I think teachers were experiencing that. Um, I think kids were experiencing that. I think parents were experiencing that in, in all realms. And so it kind of felt like a, like a perfect moment to reach out and say, you know, there's this, there's this story that you can come together and you can step into a new character, which I think is really freeing for kids in a lot of ways of sort of playing and exploring. And, you know, it has some math, it has some social studies, it has some, you know, like problem solving and critical thinking and all that stuff that's like really good for kids' development and brain development, but also it has friendship and it has laughter and it has, you know, joy and it has fear and all of this range of emotions that you don't get if you're, you know, doing math worksheets from home at your dining table while your parents are on zoom trying to have meetings and the dog is barking at the doorbell, you know, it's, it's sort of a beautiful escape and a beautiful way for kids to like find a safe space to grow a little bit 
And, you know, that's sort of the hope, right, is giving them a safe space and taking them on a really fun adventure and journey that they can remember. And then, you know, I mean, kids are all over Discord and Roll20 and have all the chats in the world. Then they could be like, oh, my gosh, remember when we took down that, you know, go wild from there. (laughs) And that's great. And you're and you're absolutely right. So, Emily, what do you think are some of the benefits for dungeon masters who maybe are apprehensive about playing with children or haven't tried playing with their kids yet? What do you think? Is that different from running for adults? Yeah, I think playing with kids and running for kids has been such an incredible educational experience for me. I learn so much from the kids as players And I think it's made me a better GM and a better player for my other campaigns. And there are definitely differences running for kids. There are some narrative elements that you change slightly, maybe cut down on the gore a little bit. Don't kill off your players. General good rule of thumb, but definitely not for young kids. But there's also in the youth gaming community, there's this rule of cool, where if a kid thinks of something that is just so cool, throw the rules out and help them make that happen. And it is so worth it 100% of the time because A, you figure out, whoa, there's this new way to use this spell action reaction that I've never thought about and no one else has ever thought about, but is amazing. And B, it gives this, the kid, you can just see on their faces, it gives them this sense of like, I have power. Like, it's just incredible. That is, you're, you're absolutely right on all those points. Is a level of gore for your children should match the kind of media that they consume. So if they're if they're watching Blue's Clues, we're probably going to have a little bit less gore, right? Um, if they're watching uh, cartoons like He Man and things like that, then you know we're going to go ahead and the the bad guy gets knocked down uh, instead of decapitated, right? So you're absolutely right about that. But when they have that, I have the power moment. Uh, that freedom that the child feels to be able to explore what it's like, not only to be a grown up, but to be a hero, it makes all the difference. Emily, thank you for sharing that with us. How did you guys come together on this Table Tales games adventure? Well, I mean, Tay and I both come from some teaching artistry backgrounds. Um, that was that was sort of my uh, background coming into it. And I had posted something about this Dungeons and Drama class that I was teaching and about the adventure. We had just had a kid. Uh, I mean, it was a group of nine, which is a big group of young people to be leading through a D&D adventure. And we effectively had 10 hours to take them on this campaign. It was one hour once a week for 10 weeks. So it was like fast and furious, nitty gritty. And it was an amazing experience. I posted a status about it on Facebook, just like expressing gratitude and, and, and the joy. And, you know, you kind of shout into the void whenever you're posting on social media, just to be like, this was so fun and so cool. And Alejandro Tay, amazing human being that he is, reached out and was like, hey, do you want to do that more? And I was like, what? 
play Dungeons and Dragons with more children more of the time? Are you kidding me? That is all I want to do. And uh, that's how Young Heroes Guild was born. Uh, You know, we took a lot of time to sort of think about what the structure could look like. Sort of our season one was very much um, week by week campaigns, a couple drop in sessions that kids could pop in and out of if they wanted to. Um, and, And we're sort of thinking about what the next thing is, which is really exciting now. Um, And like you mentioned, this family opportunity, instead of throwing on a movie, which who can decide on a movie when you have four people in the household and one of them wants to watch a horror movie and the other one will have nightmares for years and another one wants like only action and adventure and someone else is like sappy romance or I will die. Like, D&D has all of that. So a <laughs> <laughs> little bit for everything. So so Tay, you're on you're on social media and you see Emily shouting into the void uh, about her oh. D&D drama class and uh, you see it and and a light bulb goes off. What, what what's well, your reaction? Well, Nick, it was it was it was so serendipitous because we so Zach and I and and our other game masters, we had been running at that point for for several months and we had already had kids signing up um, of of various ages, but without any dedicated place for for young folk to play with each other amongst a peer group. Um, You have, you know, a a 10 year old who is just trying this thing that they saw on a podcast or on like a Twitch stream for the very first time with 40 year olds who are optimizing their characters and have been playing, which is awesome. That's an incredible experience. That is so fantastic. And we're so happy to be able to facilitate that. But there's just something different that happens when you have a space dedicated for a a young person to figure that out and to get to play and explore that for the first time or for that 10, 20 at the hundred time with peers, with friends or with family or with folks that they know um, is, is a totally different thing. And so we had already been looking into well, we really, really want to make this space. We know that folks are going to keep signing their kids up (laughs) for this because they're already doing it. And we want to have a place that's just for them. We do not have, we do not have the time in our schedules, nor honestly the expertise to make that happen. And I saw that Emily was doing that and yes, it absolutely was the light bulb. It, you know what? More than a light bulb, it was a face palm of why didn't I think of this before? I should have called Emily immediately. She's the perfect human with all of the skills in all the right places to make this thing far better than we could have imagined. And we literally, I think our conversation was was along the lines of like, Make what you want to make and we will help you because what you want to make is going to be an incredible experience for everyone involved. That is amazing. And you're absolutely right. I am a big advocate, obviously, of generational playing together, right? Tay, like you mentioned before, you were playing with your younger brother. It was you, your dad, and your grandfather, right? A lot of generations in that house all playing the same game together. And that's wonderful. It's a little different 
when we're playing online in a venue like Roll20 with maybe a whole bunch of strangers and even you as the dungeon master don't know everyone at the table, right? So we don't know everyone's playing style. And sometimes not everybody is attuned to the same kind of social uh, pleasantries that are allowed and not allowed at certain games with children, right? So, so making it so much easier when kids are all playing together with peers Tay, we've been talking a lot about Roll20 and virtual tabletops, but you guys have recently partnered with a brand new platform. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes. And and I think, you know, the, the thing about the sort of virtual tabletop sphere is some of them can be a, a little complicated to run and use and to learn, yes. especially if you're learning the game for the first time, or if this is just an unfamiliar space for you. So whether or not you are, uh, you know, a kid who's trying to play D and D online, or you're an adult who's trying to like run D and D for your kids. Um, we have been partnering with shard tabletop, uh, and that's where we're running all of our games uh, for for youth at the moment because it is so lightweight. It's designed specifically around D&D 5e rules. So it makes it really, really simple to just get in and start playing. And there's not a lot of hassle with um, very sort of like fiddly things that just confuse the experience. It's very, very easy to use. So that's that's been our our joy and has really made a lot of this possible uh for a wide age range and experience range digitally (laughs) that's that's terrific because i'll be honest with you i have friends who are graphic designers and they love 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 those tabletop virtual tabletops where they get to decide do i want there to be a light source in this corner and how dim do i want it to be and you know what Uh, My hat's off to those guys. Those are beautiful games. I love playing them. I feel like I'm deep in like uh, early 2000s Neverwinter Nights online, right? It's, It's beautiful. But as a dungeon master, as a busy working parent, it is overwhelming, right? <laughs> it, it, to say the least, to say the least, it's overwhelming. Like my players are lucky if I can get like, an image off of Google and drop it onto my roll 20 map. Right. So for there to be a easy to use smooth transition into virtual tabletop is just incredible and so helpful. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know about that. Uh, The other thing is with that, a lot of folks who are listening to the show have either been raised on D&D where they're generational gamers, where their parents have brought them up on gaming, or they're raising people on D&D by growing new gamers in their own homes. And one of the things that uh, has surprised me as the host of the show is some of the game masters and the parents that I've spoken to, they got into Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role-playing because their children asked for it. They watched Critical Role. They watched Adventure Time. They said, I want to play this game. 
And the parents said, well, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm going to learn how to DM it for you. Right. And a lot of the parents are intimidated because they're looking at Matt Mercer and they're going, I can't do what he does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and few of us can. Right. Few of us can. So knowing that there is a place for parents who don't have the time or uh, or they really, really want to run Dungeons and Dragons, but it's very hard. And they would actually rather play Dungeons and Dragons with their children, having a place for to direct them to, to where they can go. They can play with a professional dungeon master and in a safe space and be able to enjoy the game. It, it is a, an incredible boon for the community, the gaming community at large. And so thank you, Tay and Emily, for, for doing that. Thank you for providing this place that I hope is going to help. And I know it already has, but I hope it's going to help even more families and children to not only get to uh, escape whatever situation is happening, but also to learn and grow, but also to fall in love with a hobby that has transformed the world in so many ways. So I want to thank you both for your efforts and, and your creativity and, and all of that. Thank you. Oh, Nick, that is so thank kind. You. Thank you. Um, <laughs> right here welling up. Ah, uh. So emotional. Who knew role-playing games could make me cry? Everyone knew that. <laughs> Everyone in my life knows role-playing games. I'm immediately crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now you're moving forward. What's what's the future for Table Tale Games? What is the what is the immediate goals that are going to be happening here over the summer and moving into fall and and the winter? What what are we hoping to do? Well, I think it's a really exciting time for kids and families and for Table Tale as in the US things start to reopen. And I think as I'm, you know, hoping everyone across the world, the pandemic starts to get curtailed under control, vaccine distribution happens. We're in a really strange time where there's still a lot of unknowns, I think in a lot of ways, but um, at least in my area, schools have announced they're gonna be back in person full time. And so while we've had this year of kids being sort of isolated and, and not connected as much, we're going to be returning to school. And like you were saying, all of a sudden parents were like, whoa, this is this human being who I'm helping to raise who's right here in front of me. And I see them all the time. I think families are going to miss each other. And what a cool thing. I'm hoping that instead of, you know, Friday night popping a movie on on Netflix or streaming service, which don't get me wrong. I love watching a movie with my fam. It's great. But like, what a cool way to tell a story together instead and be part of an action hero adventure. So my hope for Table Tale is that we do become a family tradition or help to spark RPGs as a family tradition. Because I think like what you've been talking about, it gives insight and connection and bonding and memories in a way that I can't think of anything else that could possibly do that. You know, like watching a kid play soccer, amazing, super fun, important for kids to be outside, but that's one kid on the field with parents on the sidelines and the kids having a bonding moment with the team, super important. What an amazing way to bond with multi-generations. Like you were talking about grandparents can play aunts and uncles. If they live across the country, hop on zoom and all play together. Like there's this 
absence of barriers all of a sudden that can bring families together in a way that I'm, I'm just so hopeful will help kids develop healthy relationships with each other, with their family. I, I think it's just a huge part of child development and this like intergenerational connection. I think that's something that while the pandemic has been strange and hard and horrible in so many ways, I think that's something that I want to continue. I want that like family connection to maintain. And I think RPGs is an amazing way and D&D in particular to like build that bond, strengthen it, secure it. Thank you. And that's great. And Tay? You know, it's it's so connected to what you were saying, Nick, about wanting to remove any minor barrier to allowing families to play with each other. Um, and for us, that's that's absolutely what it's all about. And um, with Emily at the helm, especially, um, I, I, I'm just going to sing her praises a little bit more because oh I think she's gosh. incredible. Um, with, with, with Emily at the helm, you get not just Oh, we have a we have a fun adventure. We have a great game of D and D. Yes, you get that, and you get a a teacher and an educator who is so invested in young people and their development and making sure that um, folks have a place to explore and grow and become the best version of themselves that they want to be. And that's not something that Netflix is necessarily. <laughs> Uh, necessarily has their best interests on. Um, and and so uh, I, I'm just excited to, to see that grow and to get to play with a lot more families and to maybe even get parents who, as you said, are hearing from their kids, oh, I want to play this game, I want to play this game. And maybe convert some parents to playing D&D too. That would be absolutely incredible. The more people we get around the table, I think the better the world is. Fantastic. Thank you guys. Thank you again so much. Thank you for being on the show today. Uh, thank you for all the hard work that you're doing and your contribution to the gaming community. Um, I know as a parent, I appreciate it. Uh, as a gamer, uh, I'm in, in awe of it. So thank you so much for all that you've done. And we can't wait for more families to join up with Table Tale Games. Our absolute pleasure. And Nick, we'll have to get you and your kiddos in a game soon. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm the forever dungeon master. So I would love to sit down uh, with a character sheet every once in a while. Wouldn't that be amazing? I feel... Yeah, parents who are DMing all the time, come play. <laughs> come play with us. <laughs>